Hey out there everyone, Scott Amick here with Outdoor Education for All. Welcome to our April Earth Day version of the vlog series for Outdoor Education for All Into the Wild. We had a chance to sit down with Sophia and Heather, two environmental stewards up here on the Paradise Ridge doing the good work. It was a fascinating interview. We sat down in the, the poppy field back behind the Terry Ash Center here and I started to ask them questions about what it meant to be an environmental steward. The range of topics we ended up discussing were fascinating. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And as always, check back again next month for more content on outdoor education. All right, here's Sophia and Heather. Yeah. Yeah, so my name is Sophia Oliveris and I'm the volunteer coordinator currently with the Parks Department here in Paradise. My name is Heather Brownlee and I am a volunteer with the Parks Department. Where are we right now? Uh, well, right now we're currently in the back of the Terry Ass Rec Center in this beautiful poppy field. We decided to go ahead and select for this beautiful interview. What the viewers can see right now is they can see all these beautiful flowers, but they can also see like some construction and those types of things happening behind you. Um, but a lot about a lot of what we want to talk about is how important it is to be an environmental steward because we are living in a wildlife urban interface. So, Sophia, what what made you want to? Well, first of all, what do you do professionally? Tell me what being a volunteer coordinator is. Yeah, so it's a variety of things. Um, short and sweet to the point, main thing about a volunteer coordinator is that I get to work with individuals and people um, as well as working with the land and basically merging both of those things so that way we can be able to all be environmental stewards out here because at the end of the day, it's going to take our workforce and individual hands to get the job done, um, especially out here in this type of wildland urban face. Why'd you bring Heather? Yeah, I brought Heather because Heather not only volunteers just for the Parks Department, but she volunteers all over, um, even with the Garden Club and many more. So Heather has a wide variety of skills um, all around the community. And I just think that's great because that's a fine example of everything that can be done as an environmental steward. So Heather, tell us, what, what is your favorite part about working with the land? Why work with the land? Oh, it's a connection between earth and sky and spirit. It all comes together and taking care of this jewel of our earth and creeks. They're our gifts and they're valuable. I mean, they're really important. They're our life. Now, Heather, pardon me if that sounds a little hippie. Are you okay with that? Are you okay a little with, hippie? with that message? Like now, I think the need to expand that message from, yeah, there, there used to be a, a group of people that felt a connection with the land. You know, they, they kind of designed their life around it. But now, boy, after the campfire, and now we're seeing all these different you know, effects of climate change, I don't think that message is just from the hippies. Now it's from people that just want to have a, a, you know, a balanced community. Tell me about that. So how do you get this message out to people that may not realize how much of a gift you've got? I think maybe the fire has put people in touch with the earth a little bit more because when you've lost everything you've owned and you've worked for it's like 
wait a minute, what, what is important here? And we kind of clean the slate, we wash the slate off, and this is what we have, and we have a beautiful earth. And it should be one of the top things of value. Yeah, look where we're at right now, right behind the, the building, right next to Skyway. You know, and there's this gem of a beautiful poppy field that we're in. That, that, I mean, like we don't have to look very far. Right. It's right in front of us. Yeah, right yeah. most definitely. And then real quick off of that too, uh, I know you mentioned the whole hippy dippy stuff and I most definitely, I would say yes and I would embrace that. Because um, what I found nowadays too is talking to those people that did grow up in that strong hippie area and everything like that. But what I have found is merging both of those. So me personally, I most definitely call it a tree hugger. I love it. Um, but I do understand the concept of you got to at least cut some down because we got to thin, we got to pick and choose. So being able to merge both of those two together, I think is where we're going to move forward and reach people on that level. Yeah, I think that's a great, uh, a great segue into what it means to be a steward. We started talking about the need for activism, you know, and like, like you just said, if you're owning, like, yeah, I'm a tree hugger. Why aren't you, right? So tell me a little bit about, talk to me about activism. Like how do you two, talk with people that may not want to hear. How do you engage with them regarding the importance of taking care of things? What do you do? No, oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go first. To be honest, that is a hard one. Um, a lot of times, you know, when you talk to someone that's just like me and Heather, we can have a conversation and it'll flow and we both would get it. Um, but when I talk to someone, for example, um, like for perfect example, even someone has my own boyfriend, they don't see that same level as it. So when I come across situations like that, at some point it's first off, not shaming them because they don't have that same belief, that's fine. Maybe they're not aware of really what's going on in the environment. Um, and I think at that point, just making them aware of what's going on just a little bit by little bit, not necessarily just throwing them a bunch of information and saying, you're doing it wrong, you're hurting the environment, making people feel bad about it because it's not what that's about at the end of the day. How about you, Heather? How do you engage with those that are not as Earth-centric? Well, that can be a little bit different. Um, my, my thing right now is kind of a balance between fire safety and the conservation, and they're not always hand in hand. You know, mm -hmm. the fire safety of totally clear cutting and plowing up and just having dirt isn't real conducive to the animal life that's there and and that whole connection of, of you know little tiny birds and bees they need the flowers you need to pollinate and just to get that balance between cutting everything down versus clearing and and I think we're headed in the right direction of, of forest management and then we get back to the the labor of it and it takes time and manpower and sweat and dirt and a lot of work. Right? Timber. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of what outdoor education for all does, a lot of what we're charged to do is help, help people feel their trauma. Oh, it's... Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Of 
what our neurological system gets, receives from interacting with people. A lot of times, the, the way I try to think about it is, if you're not a tree hugger, if you don't get like to get dirty, you just haven't done it. Right. Because it's it. There's there's so much that goes you get from giving. So when we talk about defining the word steward. Tell me what you think that means. What does being a steward of the land? Yeah, so being a steward of the land, um, to me at least, means genuinely being able to give out from yourself to the land without expecting anything in return. Um, yeah, straight, short, sweet to the point. I would say that. I think it's almost like a whole life thing. It's not you're going to be a steward for a few minutes. You're not going to walk away from it. It's like it's continuous, almost a, a, a lifetime commitment of, of doing this. And hopefully passing it on to other generations. That's what I'm hoping that all our younger generations are being taught that, wow, this earth is beautiful and we need to care for it. And how do we do that? And, and you know, the, the second graders, they need to walk around and go, wow, this is gorgeous. This is, we need to protect this. When you start talking about protecting things, one of the things I'm passionate about that I, I really like the oxygen think they're fascinating like a, a neurological system like a brain outside of a, a physical structure as yet there it is so i think about you know, protecting the oceans how the oceans are so closely tied to the watersheds here up in you know the, the crg and, you know i was educated to see those connections how do you see working with organizations. Sophia, what, what organizations have you worked with for volunteer time, for stewardship time? What are the most common organizations you work with? And how, what value do they give? Yeah, so at least the common organizations that I work with, um, I work closely with a local, not, I guess, nonprofit organization, Volunteers Rebuilding Our Community. Um, and they pull in a great crew of AmeriCorps volunteers that come in, individuals all from around the state, younger kids looking from 18 to 25 who love to come out and volunteer within the parks. Um, so they're really one of our key factors. And as well as also having on-call wildland firefighter members come out. Those individuals usually help me with that first heavy blow, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, and then other than that as well, we have worked with Boys and Girls Club, getting them out. We actually are gonna work with them Earth Day coming up. And we've also worked along with Boys and Girls, uh, not Boys and Girls, the Boy Scouts of America, working with them out at the lake, um, hitting some trail work. Well, I, I do have um, a piece of property that is, a portion of the property is in the Northern California Regional Land Trust Conservation Zone. And for some reason, that piece of property has been my obsession. Um, I, lived on, I lived on it post-campfire for about two years until my house was finished. 
and I still crave to go down there. And it's just really been a, a hobby, passion. It's a beautiful piece of property, and I respect that the land trust is trying to save these little pockets. When you say save these pockets, I love this concept. Who are you saving them from? Or what are you saving them from? Urbanness, the houses being five feet away from each other, built up, you run into your little cubby hole, you don't go outside, you stay on your phone. I'm trying to save the world from that. <laughs> it's an old hippie thing. Ah, I think it's perfect. Yeah. I think it's John perfect. Bryan said it right. John Bryan did say it right, didn't Yeah, he said something like, blow up your TV. Yeah, you know, that's, Do it. that's interesting. So if we mentioned balance, I mean, one of the things we're doing right now is we're recording a video that people are going to see on the screens that we're hoping influences them to come out and sit in our poppy field or to go out and get their hands dirty. And, you know, the only way that I think we're going to make a compelling argument is to sell them on the benefit that each individual person gets from that time. There's also a sense of time travel, like you mentioned, Heather, like we're doing this now so that future generations can feel, can feel this. Yeah. Tell where does your obligation to future generations come from? I'm a mother. I have children. I have two boys that were raised in paradise. I have grandchildren, second generation paradise. Um, I came up here from the urbanness, Southern California, and it was the first time I experienced four seasons. I was mm. in awe of having four seasons, and how simple is that? Yeah. Well, you just nodded towards something that could be an entire video series on itself, which is this concept of simplicity. more technology with seemingly endless, you know, uh, development of digital space. Maybe that is our message as stewards. If it's simple, if you seek the simple life, be an environmental steward. Yeah. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah. You get infinitely more than you give. Infinitely more. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay, Heather. We're talking simple life here. We're talking about trading in the flashy technology, the anxiety building populations for the simple life, for experiences in talked about needing to do the work that a lot of what your benefit is it comes from the labor from your hands so tell me personally how does having four seasons benefit your life and your relationship well 
as I get older, it seems that time goes faster. And I know that each season is like a blink. We've got, right now we're in spring, it's gorgeous, 70 degrees out. In two months, it's gonna be 90 degrees out and I'm gonna be looking at a field of star thistle, poison oak, and that's, that's the summer. You know, a lot of my, I'm planning on spending a month of weed eating and trying to keep the invasive berries down. That's my gonna be my summertime, but it's also, oh gosh, I'm down here by a creek doing this. There's a benefit right there, you know? And then we come into fall and we get gorgeous fall color, you know, from here to Chico. And then you get to spend a lot of time raking. That's what we do in the fall in paradise. Well, we lost a lot of uh, oak trees that may not be as much then we get winter, we get the gray and the cold and the dark days, and then you, you get that hibernation that we're supposed to have in winter, the shorter days, the cuddling up with a warm blanket and the fire by you. <laughs> They're all just awesome. They all, each season has its beauty. Would you assume that a person, I would assume, would you assume that a person locking cell phone locked behind a screen or locked into, I don't know, some other form of experiencing the world, I can assume that they don't get it. They, they don't get that visceral connection to time passing. I would think not because it's, you don't see it, feel it, smell it. One thing I did notice over the past two years, there's a cold dip in the air before the sun comes up and i knew it and i read it but my living condition conditions i would wake up to it it was it was that oh wow the sun's coming up it's cold you know and i never really felt that before you know i had known about it but when you start feeling it you start getting it mm -hmm. you get it a little you get the circles, the cycles, the, the rhythm of the world. And that's why we get all better Yeah, I think it's just opening your eyes, turning off the phone, going outside. Back to get your hands dirty and it's pretty yeah. much that simple. No, yeah. A lot of times just getting out and all the cycles that you hit, a lot of times that can just be transferred to life. A lot of times you can see that interconnection. And once you just take that step out and realize and put yourself in that position of seasons, of timing, of patience, all that can be totally transferred to life and really applied in either which way. Yeah, one thing that the viewers are going to get from neither of you look like stretching. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's another big yeah. thing too. It's, it's the simplicity factor. It's keeping it simple. You don't need too much. The more you have, the more is going to be going on up here. So, you know what? Is. After the fire, and I hate to keep bringing that up, the fire, but all of us who experience the fire, it's a line in our life. And it's weird to say now, but I feel like I've gotten more from that experience than I have lost. 